It all started with a conversation about donut socks. I can wear socks for National Donut Day. How cool would it be if I could wear saint socks on Saint's Feast Day? said Sock Religious's co-founder, Scott Williams. Five years later, Sock Religious is a rapidly growing company that makes not only socks, but t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, onesies, and coffee mugs. Step on over to SockReligious.com and check it out. Use code GLORIA15 for 15% off your order. Welcome to the Gloria Purvis Podcast, where we talk about the issues in the Catholic Church and in society that matter to you and to me, and I'm glad you're here to have that conversation with me. My guest today is Father Thomas Burke, pastor of St. Benedict the Moore Catholic Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I want to talk with Father Thomas Burke about why Bishop Zubik established his parish as a personal parish for Black Catholics. I remember when the news came out and I shared the information on social media, I was taken aback by the large negative response to this personal parish for Black Catholics, how people believed wrongly that it's contrary to the Catholic faith, that it is actually divisive, and that there's actually no need for Black Catholics to have a personal parish. So why did Bishop Zubik think there was a need? Let's go a little bit more in depth with Father Burke about some of the pushback and misunderstandings, and also talk with Father Burke about why personal parishes are still needed. I mean, do Black people have unique cultural expressions of the faith? I'd say yes. And how does that play into having this personal parish? Also, I think it's important to discuss the uplifting and expressive style of liturgy and the kind of welcome you could expect from St. Benedict the Moore Parish. So Father Burke was so generous in coming on and discussing this with me, and I'm hoping it provides a lot of insight for people about what a personal parish for Black Catholics entails and why it's still needed. The Gloria Purvis Podcast is a production of America Media where real, honest conversations are happening on the most important issues at the intersection of the church and the world. And that's unique. You may not agree with everything we publish or even everything we talk about on this podcast. And that's okay. That's healthy. We need to listen to each other and be open to different ideas and perspectives. So if this podcast is meaningful to you, please support it by clicking the follow button on your favorite podcast listening app and by getting a digital subscription to America. How do you do that? Go to americamagazine.org slash subscribe and sign up today. The link is in the show notes. Stick around. My conversation with Father Burke is up next. Father Burke, thank you for joining the Gloria Purvis podcast. It's an honor to be here with you, Gloria. Oh, thank you. You know, I'm so excited to speak with you during Black Catholic History Month, which is November, especially about this personal parish for Black Catholics the Bishop Zubik established in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. I understand way back in February 23rd, 2020, Bishop Zubik celebrated a Mass at St. Benedict the Moor, and then he had a listening session with parishioners. 
And out of that listening session came, I guess, a lot of suggestions. So was that the spot where this personal parish, where the idea was first floated? Help us understand how the parish came about. Yeah, here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, for the past several years, we have been undergoing uh, reorganization as a lot of uh, dioceses, especially in the Northeast, are doing because of the big population decline in Western Pennsylvania. The need for restructuring obviously had to be taken place. So it's been a several year process that parishes are merging with the decline number of Catholics, the population, and the shortages of priests. So how this all came about is in January, January 6th of 2020, I became the new pastor of St. Mary Magdalene Parish. I merged my three former parishes, St. Bede, St. Charles Luanga, and St. James in Wilkinsburg. And then St. Benedict the Moor was merged with Epiphany Church, which is right down the street from the PPG Paints Arena. And right from the start, it just didn't go well. The St. Benedict the Moor has always been the predominantly Black Catholic parish here in Pittsburgh. And all the offices moved to Epiphany Church. And St. Benedict and more parishioners just felt like they lost their Black Catholic identity. So then a group of parishioners from St. Benedict and more made up a petition and asked Bishop Zubik if they could take them out of the merger because they had already merged. And that's when he had the listening session in the spring of 2020. And then he had a town hall meeting. And then after consulting with his advisors, then Bishop Zubik took St. Benedict the Moor out of Divine Mercy merger to create mm-hmm. the personal parish. And then he named myself as the pastor and then Father Matthew Hawkins and Father David Taylor as the clergy. Father Matthew and Father Taylor are the only two African-American priests here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. So then we became the clergy team for St. Benedict the Moor and St. Mary Magdalene. So that makes me wonder, what was your preparation to be able to come in and serve a Black Catholic community? I know that some of the feedback that the parishioners had given is they wanted clergy and lay ministers who are appreciative, knowledgeable, and respectful of the religious experience, history, and culture of Black Catholics. And I'm imagining, you know, to be assigned there, there had to be something in your background that they felt fit that. So help my listeners understand what in your background helped you with this. Ironically, St. Mary Magdalene Parish is, with the merged parish, the former St. Charles Luanga Parish that we merged with is the other African-American parish along with St. Benedict de Moor. So we have African-American population in St. Mary Magdalene. So it made sense that I'm already in the Homewood and Wilkinsburg communities, which are predominantly African-American. But Ironically, I grew up in the inner city of Pittsburgh. I'm a city boy. My dad was a city policeman. He was stationed as a Pittsburgh police officer in the Hill District, literally right up the street from St. Benedict Moor. Mm. And before I was a priest, I worked for the Boy Scouts of America, which the office, the Laurel Highlands Council offices are literally right down the street from St. Benedict Moor. And I lived across the street in the Crawford Square housing community. So My personal experience growing up in the inner city, my dad being a city policeman stationed in the Hill District, and from my background living in that community and working nearby, 
and having an African-American community, St. Mary Magdalene, it kind of made sense that the bishop asked me to be the pastor. So it made perfect sense. And I'm glad and honored to be the pastor of both parishes. So just for our listeners who may not be familiar with Pittsburgh, all those areas that you mentioned where you grew up were basically had a large Black population. And so you grew up around and were used to being around Black people. Is that correct? That's correct. And I went to a public city high school too, so which I had African-Americans and Caucasians. So being a Caucasian, Pittsburgher, I have a background of growing up, going to a city public high school and living in a city neighborhood and living in a neighborhood that was mixed cultures, if you will. And the Hill District where St. Benedict Moore is located is predominantly all African-American. And having lived there prior to becoming a priest and my dad serving there as a policeman, I think that kind of helps know the lay of the Mm -hmm. land, if you will. So help us understand what is a personal parish that the bishop designated this a personal parish? What does that mean? Yeah, you don't hear that too often. And we also have another personal parish in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and that's the Latin Mass community. So we actually, in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, have two personal parishes, St. Benedict of Moore for African-American Catholics. And it doesn't mean that only African-Americans go there. Obviously, we everyone's welcomed but it's a personal parish for African-Americans to attend to. But we also have the Latin Mass community, Precious Blood Parish, where obviously the Mass is pre-Vatican II. And so that's considered a personal parish. What does a personal parish mean? That we don't have like a geographical boundary, if you will. Each regular parish has a specific neighborhood or territory, similar to like a congressional or state representative district and parishes have territories or neighborhoods that they would serve, boundaries, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that's what you cover. But a personal parish doesn't have boundaries. So people necessarily don't live next door in that community. They drive. And that's what a personal parish is. So what has been the response to Bishop Zubik establishing this personal parish, good and bad? Yeah, the positive is the former St. Benedict the Moore Parish, before the merger of Divine Mercy Parish, has historically always been the pride and joy of Pittsburgh as where Black Catholics attend. The culture, the music, the community, and so the excitement of having a home where we celebrate the music and the culture. It's Catholic, but it's Black Catholic. Now, on the downside, as it doesn't surprise me, is when the announcement was made that it was going to reopen as a personal parish and taking out of the merging, just like the other parishes in Pittsburgh, people were saying, why are you separating the community? What about the ethnic parishes that used to exist, like the Italians and the Polish and the Lithuanians? And I am half Irish and half Slovak, And my grandmother and my grandfather spoke Slovak. My mom grew up in the Hazelwood community of the city of Pittsburgh. And my grandfather came from Czechoslovakia. So I can remember as a little kid going to the former St. Michael's Parish in Homestead, which was the Slovak Parish. And we would go for Christmas Eve and there would be the hymns and some of the prayers in the language of the Slovak people. And that was the heritage. And then, of course, you had the Italians and the Polish and the Lithuanians and the Germans. But over the years, obviously, with the melting pot, the American language took precedence and the need for an ethnic 
pastor or ethnic parish kind of diminished. So being a black Catholic is obviously culturally different than uh, Eastern European uh, language and culture. And so by having a personal parish, then the black Catholics can celebrate their culture. So it sounds like to me as the black Catholic experience being something different from the Eastern European immigrant Catholic experience, that after a while, the immigrant experience wasn't so much an immigrant experience because all of the kids and everybody were Americanized and probably spoke English at home. Whereas the Black Catholic experience, to me, it being a Black Catholic, being a Black person in the United States, is something that hasn't changed from generation. But maybe help our listeners understand some of the cultural richness of St. Benedict's that maybe they might not be aware of if they've never gone to a Black Catholic parish. Yeah, the continual comments that I hear from a visitor coming in for the very first time to Mass at St. Benedict Moore. We have Mass on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. The routine comments that I hear, Gloria, are, I feel so welcomed. As soon as you walk in the door, there's a greeter at the door. Welcome to St. Benedict the Moore Parish. And the friendliness of the parishioners is one of the things that normally you don't get that feel from a Catholic parish. You know, some people sit in the same pew and if you see a visitor come in and they sit down and I've heard, I've been a priest for 21 years and some people are not always warm and welcoming and friendly or you're sitting at my seat, so to speak, you know. But at St. Benedict the Moore, as soon as you walk in, regardless if you're Black, you're White, Latino, if you're a visitor, if you're a parishioner, is you're welcomed. And that's what I love. And I'm very proud that my parishioners are very welcoming and always, you know, give people a bulletin, show them where the restroom is. We have a little coffee bar in the back of the vestibule area. So we have a lot of socials after mass. We just had donuts and coffee after mass this past Sunday. So the welcoming feel is what I hear. And then as mass starts, it's the music. We have a beautiful choir. It's very uplifting and beat. And you're not going to be nodding off <laughs> when you come to Mass at St. Benedict the Moor. The music is very uplifting. And I think the whole sense of liturgy is different. It's a different feel. The readings, obviously, uh, Catholic, we follow the regular readings. But it, I think the ambiance or the atmosphere is it's welcoming and it's uplifting. And when you leave Mass, people don't just rush out. They stand in the middle of the hour. They'll be hugging and kissing and handshaking and talking. It's a family. It's a community aspect. And regardless if you are a visitor or a weekly parishioner, you're going to walk away spiritually enriched. And that's the main goal of why we're here every week at St. Benedict Moore Parish. Hmm. I will tell you some of the, when I shared articles about the bishop's announcement that he was establishing this as a personal parish, Black Catholics I knew got it and were like, this is great. I will say a lot of young white Catholics online were very put off by it. But I bet sharing with them that, hey, the Latin Mass is also a personal parish, maybe that'll help more people get it and maybe not feel, have this negative disposition toward it. I have to say I was actually quite surprised but it also showed to me that people just are unaware of the Black experience in the United States, are unaware that there is a 
cultural liturgical expression of faith in the Black Catholic community that might not look like what they experience at their Mass. I remember actually speaking with the priest, and I was like, at the end, it was not a Mass where there were a large number of Black Catholics, and I shouted out, Amen. <laughs> oh, Father, you got to It was not something he or anybody else in the parish was used to, but it was something that was totally normal when Father preached a good word. I mean, you just couldn't help yourself. So it's that kind of expression of faith that you would see or can see in Black Catholic parishes that are different. But if I were in a St. Benedict more, no one would have batted an eye. It would have been like, go on. You know what I mean? Just like completely expressive with the priest during the mass so yeah and i'm learning as a white caucasian priest serving in a african-american parish that they want a good homily they want a good sermon and i have to be prepared and parishioners will tell you father we want more your homily's too short what i've never heard that you know before and and normally you hear your homilies are too long but african-americans love scripture. They love to hear the word of God. And so being the pastor at St. Benjamin the last two years, you know, they want to be fed. Parishioners want to be fed. So they'll clap when they like hearing things and they'll tell you, you're too short or we want more. And as I said, once you experience an African-American mass, you're not going to be sleeping. That's for sure. And my homily delivery at St. Mary Magdalene might be a little bit different approach. Yes, I have African-American community that I serve at Mother Good Council Church in Homewood, which is a predominantly African-American neighborhood. But my homily delivery might be a little bit slightly different at St. Mary Magdalene versus St. Benedict more just because of the atmosphere, the culture. Well, I could tell you also, liturgically speaking, it is definitely what is happening with the priesting and the music and all, but there also is an expectation of how I, as a person sitting in the pew, how I must comport myself. I will tell you, I attended a Black Catholic parish in D.C., and there were some people visiting that sat near the elders of the parish. I'll just put it like that. And one of the young people got on the phone, and one of the elders of the parish got her, something out of her purse, and popped her really good. And was like, you don't talk during mass. (laughs) And it's just, there's an expectation about how we are to worship and also how you as a worshiper must comport yourself during Mass. And I don't think that that's something <laughs> that's common or expected outside of that kind of worship experience that you would be mothered, if you will, be told, no, no, we don't do that here. This is how you are to carry yourself, which I think is also something that's pretty unique. Yeah, I, you're right on, Gloria, with that the motherly role, so to speak, and and also the dress attire. A lot of our yeah. parishioners, they you know, put your Sunday's best on, so to speak. I see that at St. Benedict the Moor is they take pride in their dress. And the, the women sometimes have beautiful dresses and garbs, big hats, and gentlemen are in suits and ties. And we also have African immigrants who live in Pittsburgh who are members of our parish. So we have various... African cultures. They're from different countries in Africa. They're very serious about how they dress and how they act and how their children are. So that is a good point about the atmosphere that, oh yeah, there's no talking on your phone or you sit up straight, pay attention, things like that. It's very serious when it comes to liturgy. We'll be back in a minute. 
States of Faith is a brand for Catholics who love the rosary and are proud of where they live. Imagine your state outlined in the rosary with the crucifix laying over the capital. You can get States of Faith designs on sweatshirts, quarter zips, t-shirts, coffee mugs, or stickers. Rep your state and faith at statesoffaith.com. Use the code GLORIA15 for 15% off your order. So after Bishop Zubik made the decision to establish this personal parish, I can tell you some of the things that I heard once the news came out. I remember some white Catholics saying, you know, there's really no need for this. This is just wokeness. And they used woke in a very pejorative way. Coming into the Catholic Church, this isn't Catholic. All this does is divide. And basically that there really is no need for Black Catholics to have their own separate parish. And just giving over to that, quote, woke mob you know what people would say, but they mean woke in a very negative way. They don't mean woke the way Black people mean woke, which is to be awake to the sufferings of another and to respond. So how do you respond to people like that? Yeah, and I heard this same rebuttal too, Gloria, about why are you separating us? Aren't we all supposed to get along, so to speak, and be a melting pot? And we're all Catholic. Catholic means you're universal and you celebrate together. And for a person who is not African-American, who maybe has never experienced a African-American Catholic mass, probably wouldn't understand. And my response would be, go check it out and see why. It's Catholic, but there's something different. And it's not so much going on the bandwagon of wokeness, of separating the Blacks from the Whites, so to speak, in creating a personal parish. I, as a pastor of an African-American parish, can say, just come and check it out and you will see why, why we need a personal parish and the atmosphere, the welcomingness, the, the music, the family aspect of it, and to celebrate the culture, I think, is the learning lesson. And just to be clear to all the listeners, this parish was established for Black Catholics but it's not limited to just Black parishioners. Anybody can come, like any Mass. Anyone can come and attend, but know its focus, its feel, its culture, its liturgical expressions are going to be those of Black Catholics. And I have to say, post-George Floyd, having spoken to so many Black Catholics across the country, there is a lack of sensitivity to the Black experience in many parishes, as explained to me by Black Catholics who attend parishes that are not predominantly Black. There was a hostility to racial justice. So I'm also curious as to how it was received, like the Black Lives Matter t-shirts. To me, as a Black person, I understand that that's a sign of a movement, a global movement for racial justice, but I've seen it portrayed in some parts of Catholic media as a direct link to a small part of the movement, a small group of that same name. And I was like, I don't think that's how we perceive it in our community. We perceive it as a larger global movement, if you will. And to me, that's just one example of why you would have a personal parish, because there wouldn't be a question around a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, because people would already understand it's not about one organization. It's about the greater movement. So there's a kind of cultural literacy, I guess, that comes along with being in a a Black Catholic parish that 
might not be present elsewhere. So help my listeners sort of understand that, if you will, because I'm also thinking it wasn't just George Floyd. You had Breonna Taylor. You had Ahmaud Arbery. You had all these things happening that gained national attention in terms of police brutality and the Black community that I'm sure also affected your parishioners. Oh, absolutely. And I've heard from young and older parishioners about them not feeling welcomed in other parishes in the Pittsburgh area, whether if it was the suburbs or another part of the city, and kind of feeling like we're like fish out of water, so to speak, that people are looking at them and, you know, they just didn't feel welcomed or they were kind of left out. And that really broke my heart because growing up, I grew up in a city parish in Pittsburgh, and Obviously, most of my parishioners, all of my parishioners growing up were Caucasian. But I went to a city public high school where I had African-American friends. And my parents always taught me that there's no barriers between black or white. And I think it starts at home. It starts with the family. And to see that parishioners didn't feel welcomed in other parishes. But when they go to St. Benedict and Moore and they see African-Americans, they see people, and children too, they see people, wow, you can be Black, but also be Catholic too. And I think it's a win-win situation for everybody. So Father, has there been any particular experience or story that's been moving or inspiring to you since the establishment of this personal parish that you could share with us? I think um, seeing new people who just recently moved to Pittsburgh area, looking for a home, so to speak, shopping around. There are a lot of people who are roaming Catholics. You know, they'll go from parish to parish and, you know, kind of like buying a car. I'm just window shopping, checking it out and and seeing you know new parishioners registering. And we have a little welcome poster board in the back of the church and we put people's pictures up and I welcome them in the bulletin. Every week we say, are there any visitors? Please stand, any first time visitors? And we clap, anyone celebrating a birthday. So I think those are the things that are wanting people to come and visit and not only visit, but to stay, to come back again and to feel welcomed. And being that we're in downtown Pittsburgh, we get a lot of visitors on the weekend. We're very close to Duquesne University to the local hospitals whenever there's a big venue in town or a sporting event. We're one of the downtown churches. And so we get a lot of visitors that come in and they might not necessarily know that it's a black Catholic parish. They just see a Catholic church and, oh, what time's mass? 11 o'clock. And then when they walk in, I think they're surprised and overjoyed that you're welcomed here at St. Benedict the Moor. Father, thank you for joining the Gloria Purvis podcast and talking with me about the personal parish for Black Catholics that Bishop Zubik had established in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We wish you so much success and continued growth in your parish. Thank you. It was a true honor to be with you. I'm so glad you're tuning into the Gloria Purvis podcast and journeying with me through these important and, well, sometimes challenging conversations. Please share this episode with a friend or family member and be sure to subscribe to the Gloria Purvis podcast on your podcast app. Oh, and leave us a review if you can. I would love to hear from you. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Gloria underscore Purvis and on Instagram at I am Gloria Purvis. 
The Gloria Purvis Podcast is a production of America Media. It's produced by Maggie Van Dorn and it's engineered by Frank Tucson. You can learn more about America Media at americamagazine.org. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time. <laughs>